Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Thank you for downloading the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This is a sermon entitled Equal Mathematics, and it was preached May 30th of 2021. We invite you to visit us on any given Sunday. Sunday school starts at 930. Regular worship starts at 11. We're at 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri. That's pretty much Clay Como. Come on by and visit us and make sure you come and say hi when you do. And so here now is Equal Mathematics with Pastor Philip Kuntz. Let us all please turn to the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 21 through 26. And while you're doing that, while you're standing to honor the reading of his word, I want to say I love Memorial Day weekend because it's not just for the soldiers. It's to remember all people who have gone, all people who have gone away from this world. We often think of the soldiers, and we should. We should always remember them, and we should honor them for what they've done. But I also like to remember those who, especially those who are soldiers of the Lord, because they're in a good hope, and those who were not, not so much, but I do know this, I still remember them, and there's still remembrance of them too. But I just wanna say, for all of you who are remembering your loved ones, always remember them, never forget them. And more importantly, always remember the loved one who's living in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, and continue to serve every single day because that memorial that we have in our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, as we serve him every single day, uh, you're also remembering those who have passed. And that's very important. So let's now read, that's almost a sermon in itself. Let's now read Romans 3, 21 through 26. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all and upon all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood, for the demonstration of his righteousness, because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins previously committed to prove his righteousness at this present time so that he might be just and be the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. 
It's kind of nice to hear all of it together, isn't it? Isn't it nice? I a lot of times quote that, for all have sinned once with the glory of God, and I also always say, a lot of times we'll say, for all have sinned comes short of the glory of God, but to hear it all together is really nice to hear. It really is. And many people say, all sins are equal. We hear this a lot, all sins are equal. We hear this an awful lot. And then some will say, about sins once they're saved, they say, it ain't so bad, God understands. They say this a lot. Two weeks ago, we talked about the world, those who are lost, saying that the, they're living guilt-free in sin. And they say that even those who are saved, they say they're living guilt-free because they're saved. Well, then last week we talked about WWG wrestling, wrestling against Jesus instead of teaming up with him and wrestling against sin. That's what we spoke about. And today, the title is Equal Mathematics. And you might wanna know, what does that mean? Well, the fact is we're talking about sins and the equal mathematics of sins. Now, just hang on with me here. We'll talk about what this really means, the equal mathematics of sins. Is there equal mathematics of sins? Well, let's take a look at this. Let's see what this really means. It goes along with the last couple of sermons. It goes along with being guilt-free. It goes along with wrestling against the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes along with this because the fact of the matter is, is well, is, is it the fact that everything is equal is it with that well we'll get to this in just a second you remember the old song in school reading and writing arithmetic you remember all that some Christians want to live in sin because they know they're saved by grace and so there's reading and writing and arithmetic living and cheating and hypocrites there's a lot of people who did that they want to live that way but the fact is is, is all sin equal yes and no yes and no both. Don't you just love when I do that, when I say yes and no? Doesn't that just make you irritated? Yes and no. <laughs> I know it does. I know it's irritating because it's true. Yes, it's equal and no, it's not equal. It's both. How can that possibly be? Well, we're going to get to that, aren't you glad? We're going to get to that today. Well, let's talk about it. It's equal on the cross. It's equal on the cross. Christ died once for all sins. So it is equal on the cross. All are sinners, and that is true. All are sinners. There's no sin that Christ had to die for more than once. The, sin, the cross wasn't heavier for this sin than for that sin. We know that. He didn't have to die for a murderer more than for me. He didn't have to do that. It's true that it is equal on the cross. Christ died for all of us. All are sinners, and that is true. You're either forgiven, or you're unforgiven. And that's because of decisions that we make. We can either ask and believe by faith in his grace, or we don't. If you're at home watching and you have yet to make that decision and to believe, you better make it now. You better get up and ask now. Is you're running out of time. You're running out of time. You don't know when you're gonna leave. You don't know when you're gonna leave this world, but you're running out of time. If there's anyone here who is not for certain, you better hurry up too. I've quoted these, sermon, these uh, messages many times, but I'll say them again. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. And as I said just a moment ago, Romans 3.23, for all of sin have come short of the glory of God. But then there are some who will say, but wait a minute now. I'm not perfect, and I know that. No one's perfect, yeah, we say that all the time. No one's perfect, but I'm not as bad as this guy or that guy or this girl, that girl. And you start naming names. 
And people a lot of times, oh, I know who, I know who you're thinking. I know who. You start bringing out names like Adolf Hitler. You start bringing out murderers' names. You start bringing out people, whoever it is that makes you feel good at night because you're not as bad as them. Okay. In your own mind, I get that. I get it. All right, you know, I may not be as bad as your neighbor or whatever. Whatever it is that makes you feel good at night. And that might be true. Then again, you may not be as bad as me. But hey, looks aren't everything. No, I'm kidding. The fact is, is the fact is, is you could come up with all sorts of excuses. But that's not how we're judged. That's not because we're all sinners. You come up with the types of sin, and that's not how we're judged. Because listen, what it says in James two ten. Listen now, for whoever and remember they had the law before Jesus came. They had the commandments. Listen, what it says now. It says in James two ten, for whoever offend in one point is guilty of breaking the whole law. In other words, if you go your whole life and you've not sinned at all, and yet at the very last second you mess up and lie, whew, you're guilty of all of it. And it goes on to say in the next verse, and I'm not going to read it all right now, but it goes on talking and, and it starts talking about how adultery is as bad as murder. And murder is as bad as adultery. And you say, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not so bad that I cheated on my husband. Yes, you are. I'm not as bad as a murderer for cheating on my wife. Yes, you are. I'm not as bad. They cheated on me for it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Listen, doesn't matter. Christ says, and this was his brother James talking here. Christ says that you're just as bad as everyone else because all have sinned. Every single one of us are as guilty as the other. We're all sinners. Every single one of us. But it is Christ's blood that erases our sins. You know, I'm not the greatest at mathematics. Isn't it funny? I'm not great at math. And yet I'm up here talking about mathematics. And so I can tell you this. There are a couple that I was really good at when it came to multiplication. I was, they always had this long list, and we had to go through our tests. I remember that. And I remember there are a few mathematical tests that I did pretty good at. I did pretty good at the ones. And I did pretty good at the zeros. <laughs> I did. Oh, I was, a, I was a whiz. I got A's on that. Uh, now, you may not have been. I apologize if you weren't. But here's the thing. One times zero is zero. Oh, yeah, I give you... I give you hands on that. You did pretty good on that. One time, zero, zero. So if you sin one time, you're going to hell. However, Jesus Christ died on the cross and his blood whoosh, erased it clean. And so today you have zero sin, not because of you, not because of your math, but because of the math of Christ. Amen. You, you, you are saved because Jesus bore your sins on the cross. And that is why, that is why I'm going to heaven. Not because of what I can do, not because of my mathematics. Go ask my teachers of the past. They would tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to hell. He's got all these Fs. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are only going to heaven because Christ, he is the ultimate capulator. He is the ultimate. He can erase it all. And it's not done with those little erasers that smell so good. No, 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 no. It's done with his blood. That's how it's done. So it's equal on the cross and it's equal for the lost. Wait, what'd you say? It says equal for the lost. So what do I mean by that? No, I don't mean that their sins are equal. That's not what I mean. I mean, they're going to hell. That's what I mean. And yes, I know all are lost without Jesus. This is true. But when I say it's equal for the lost, in other words, they're all equally going to hell. Now, unless you're saved by the blood of Jesus. Now, I don't mean that there are not payments and punishments for their sins. And we know that. We know that there is. The Bible talks about there's punishments for our sins. And so a murderer, let's say a child uh, knows about right and wrong, knows about salvation, and doesn't become saved. And that's a shame. 
have something to joke about. They steal. They do not ask Jesus in their heart, and they go to hell. That's a shame. Is there a layer of hell? Because people talk about layers of hell. Is a killer's layer of hell going to be worse than a liar's layer of hell? I can assume. I can assume. I can assume yes. However, I can guarantee you when you're in hell, if someone's going to be going to hell, I can imagine, because first of all, you're not going to see. It's going to be dark. I can imagine... I can imagine they're not going to be sitting there, well, at least my hell's not as bad as their hell. No, you're not going to be worried about that. You're still going to meet hell. Hell is hell is hell is hell. And that's as many more times I've ever said that up here on this pulpit. But, and I won't do that again. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. We're not going to be sitting there worried about it because when you are in hell, you're not going to be worried about adding and multiplying and division. The thing that you cannot do in hell is subtract because the only thing that can subtract is Jesus' blood. Amen. That's the only thing that can subtract from hell. The only thing and people need that and I want to tell you something about hell it wasn't made for the people people say why does God send people to hell God does it we do we send ourselves to hell because we will not accept what Christ we want to say what God has given us which is Christ himself God has given himself Christ to us if we won't accept him we send ourselves to hell so quit blaming God if you're going to hell blame yourself because you won't accept what God has given you himself in his, the form of his son Hell was made for Satan and the demons. That's who it's made for, not the lost. But you don't have to go. At one point in time, I was going to hell. Everyone else that's here was going to hell. Maybe you're going to hell today, but you don't have to. There's a taxi right now going through, which is Jesus Christ saying, all aboard, come on in, come on in. There's room for everyone. And people say, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, that's your fault then. If you're too busy bringing up the math of sin, that's your doings. I can tell you this, I can't afford not to go to heaven. I can't afford not to call upon Jesus when I need him. I can't afford not to read the word. I can't afford not to call upon Christ. I can't afford it. So it's equal on the cross and it's equal for the lost. And by that, I only mean that if you don't have Christ, you're going to hell. That's all I mean. I don't mean that people don't pay for their sins. I don't mean that. So when is it not equal? Well, it's not equal mathematics in the quality of life. It's not. When people say all sin is equal, no. Not when you're living. It's not. In fact, God says many, 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 many times in his word that when you sin, you will pay for it here on earth. You will pay for it here on earth. Amen? You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it while you're living. Because the fact is, is when you sin, sins are different in sizes. They're different in quality. They're different in the things that you do. We don't have to pay for sin here, some will say. Wrong. False. You will. Not all sins are equal in this world. You will reap what you sow. Right here. If you believe that you're not going to have to pay for what you've done, your calculator is broken. There are consequences for what we do. And I'm going to read some of this. It's not fun to read. But I'm going to do it. In 1 John 5, 16 through 20, it says this. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin, which does not lead to death. And I know some of this can be confusing, but don't worry. We're going to, we're going to explain it all. It says, if anyone sees his brother commit a sin, which does not lead to death, he shall ask and he shall give him life. Now, who's the he here? Christ. He shall give him life. We're talking about everlasting life here, okay? This is for those who whose sin does not lead to death. And now we're talking about 
eternal death here. We're talking about uh, the death here. Now, there is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that he should pray for it. Now, verse 17, this is a confusing one for a lot of folks. All wrongdoing is sin. Okay. All wrongdoing is sin. We know that. We sin is sin. Sin is sin. All wrongdoing is sin. But there is a sin that does not lead to death. Now, he's talking about eternal death. Not all sin not all sin leads to eternal death. That's what he's saying. In other words, you're not going to lose your salvation from it. Sin is sin, but just because you sin doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. He's talking about eternal death. Now, going on from there, verse 18, we know that whoever is born of God does not keep on sinning, but whoever has been born of God guards himself, and the wicked one, talking about saying the wicked one cannot touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. Verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding through the Holy Spirit, of course, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And if we are of God, if we are living for the Lord God, we're not going to want to sin. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. This doesn't mean that you haven't given in to lust. This doesn't mean you haven't made a mistake. This doesn't mean that you haven't gotten upset and lost your temper. I, I, unfortunately, I have. I have lost my temper. I, I, I'm ashamed to say, I have at times sinned and made mistakes since I was seven years old. Oh, really? You have? Yeah. Since I was seven? Yeah. I have made mistakes. I'm ashamed to admit. I'm sure you have too. But you've not lost your salvation. This still doesn't mean that it gives you justification to do so. When you make a mistake, we're to go to the Lord God and say, Lord God, help me, help correct me to live correctly. Because if we continue to live in sin, we're not going to live a good quality of life. This is where when people say it's okay to keep living in sin because God understands this is wrong. Because if you really love the Lord God, if you really want to live for God, you're not going to want to live incorrectly and live with a bad quality of mathematics. Do you understand? You're not going to want to live in sin. And your life will show it in abundance, in fact. I've said many, many times by our actions, we are known. And by our actions, we benefit. For better or for worse, we will either suffer here from our actions or God will qualify us and give us many rewards, many rewards here and in heaven. And yes, there are sizes of sins it says in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. God's not going to be mocked. You can't go throughout your life sitting there saying, oh, I love the Lord God. I love the Lord God. And then continuously mock his name, living a sinful life. And how do you think that makes God feel? You say you love the Lord God and you're living like Everything that's worldly, that's not good. That's horrible. There are repercussions. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that there uh, each one may receive what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. We're going to appear before the Lord. Good or bad, God's going to see it. God's going to give us rewards. And then not rewards. 
And we shouldn't say to ourselves, well, that's okay, at least I'm in heaven. No, don't do that. God knows our heart. He knows the heart. He knows why you're doing it. I hate when I hear people do that. And yes, there's the living the lifestyle. So many people live a lifestyle of sin and they thumb their nose at God. Don't do that either. Well, I, I live how I live and that's okay. Many want to live a lifestyle of sin and be blessed for it and feel righteous. A lot of ministers, a lot of ministers, uh, by the way, have made us easy for people. Well, it's okay to live how you want to. Hey, you're born that way. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Your emotions tell you it's okay to do that. Whatever lifestyle that might be, living out of wedlock, living a homosexual life, living in all sorts of other sinful matters, drink until drunkenness and all sorts of other, I won't get into all that, but I'll say this. There's all sorts of lifestyles out there that make you look no different than the ways of the lost and all sorts of pastors and ministers and other people out there will say, it's okay, just keep on doing it. But it's a horrible representation of Jesus Christ. And we will have to answer for it. What kind of a representation of Christ are we living? We are to glorify God with our body. We're to glorify God with our body. You know, a lot of people don't. And then they want to be blessed for it. Hey, that's between me and the Lord. Well, it's not just between you and the Lord. The whole world can see it. It's like being on a billboard. And then you want to be blessed for it. Well, it's just between me and God, between me and God. Well, you put yourself out there. You can't help that. You put yourself out there, and then you say, hey, don't, don't judge me. Don't you know, you know exactly what you're doing. I'm now going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I didn't say it was going to be easy math. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 12 through 20. Well, that's a lot, you bet. 12 through 20. Now, right before this, it goes on to say, before 12 and 20, it actually says a few things right before this. It says uh, in verse 9, I'll, I'll read real quick, 9 through uh, 11, it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, or, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor uh, revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. All things are lawful, this is Paul speaking, all things were lawful to me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of anything food is for the belly and the belly is for food but God will destroy both of them now the body is not for sexual immorality but for the Lord and the Lord is for the body God has raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power do you not know that your bodies are a part of Christ shall I then take up the parts of the Christ and make them the parts of the harlot God forbid. What? Do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one, uh, one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Escape from sexual immorality. Every sin that a man commits is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. What? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? 
whom you have received from God, and that you are not your own, you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And a lot of people don't glorify God with their body. They say, it's mine, I can do what I want to do. I can be tattooed from head to toe. By the way, it's not if you have a tattoo or not. But they can say, I can be tattooed from head to toe. I could put curse words on it and everything else. I can sit there and I can commercial beer. I can do anything I want to do. And by the way, that's when you and the Lord. But I will say this. And, and you can see my body's not the greatest body in the whole wide world, but I'll tell you this, with what I have, I'm giving unto God. Amen. You can probably tell from my head, it's not the prettiest head in the world. But I will tell you this, from the scars that I have, from the baldness that I have, I'm going to glorify God with it. Because with these scars, I can say, God has saved my life. He's going to keep saving my life. And this head belongs to you, Lord God. I'm going to say with this body for the day I have from now till the end, I'm going to glorify God with this beautiful body. I'm going to give everything I got unto God because that's what we got to do. We have one life to live and we need to live for the Lord God. We need to give our equally, give everything we have unto the Lord. Not unto self, not unto lust, not unto the flesh, but unto the Lord God. That's what we need to do. I'm a little gone, but let's now turn to 1 John 3, 1 through 10. First John 3, 1 through 10 says this. Consider how much you love the Father, or excuse me, how much love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Whoever practices sin breaks the law, for sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to us to take away our sins. And in him there is no sin. Whoever remains in him does not sin. Whoever sins has not seen him and does not know him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who does righteousness is righteous, just as Christ is righteous. Whoever practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not practice sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are revealed. Whoever does not live in righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. And I say this to you. I am not saying that if you have made mistakes and if you have sinned and gotten mad at your brother and got mad at your sister in Christ and got mad at the people that you are of the devil, I am, however, saying that the devil has fooled you and you have fallen for these mathematics of sin. I am saying that we all make mistakes sometimes. I am saying that we need to get away from saying it's okay for me to sin because it's not okay for me to sin. It is not okay for us to fall for the tricks of the devil. People a lot of times say it's okay. God understands and he does understand. He understands that we're human, but we need to get away from this lie that all sins are equal because they're not equal they're equal on the cross they're equal in the sense that people all go to hell if you don't have Jesus Christ 
but they're not equal for us in our Christian life. And we need to quit falling for that lie that it's all right to keep on sinning because God understands. Yeah, he understands. He understands that you'd rather sin than live for him. He understands that. You see, God still loves you, but he doesn't love what you do. I often have said, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if we really want to live for God, then we're going to live for him. We're not going to keep on listening to the lies of Satan. God loves you. Okay, that part's not a lie. But he used to do that with Adam and Eve and others. He gives you partial truths and a whole lot of lies. That's what he does. God still loves you, so just keep on going. Just keep on going. Remember, like I said about that Doritos commercial, just keep on in and we'll make more. Remember? That's what he does. That's what he does. God knows the heart. Remember? God knows the heart. He said in Exodus 22 and Leviticus 20 that there's punishment for breaking the commandments and the laws. This is before Christ came, of course. But there's punishment for breaking the laws back then. There's punishment. Some of these punishments would be to lose a hand. Some of these punishments would be very minor. Some would be very major. Some would lead to death. This is what would happen back in the day. Some would say, well, no, 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 no. All sins, all breaking of the law were equal. No, they weren't. You can see back then, if they were all equal, it would all just be one thing. I'll just slap him on the wrist. No, that's not what God had back then. There were different things, different uh, punishments. Well, God knows the heart. He knows what we're doing. First John 2, 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And it's so sad to know that he died for all, for all. But just because he died for all doesn't mean all are going to go to heaven. Why? Because they have not accepted it. And that's sad. 2 Corinthians 5.21. What does that say? It says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That doesn't mean literally, but he was the, uh, the atoning sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Think of that. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to have to pay for misteachings for the temptations that they put upon people. Can you imagine that? Think about that. There's going to be a lot of people who've misled people. They're going to, be, they're going to pay for that. There's going to be payments for it. It says in James 3, 1, My brothers, not many of you should become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a greater judgment. You know, a lot of people have actually even told me even recently, well, because you're a pastor, I don't have to do like you do. Uh, there's not much asked of me. Well, there's some truth to that in the sense that I have a different calling, but folks, we still have to live for God with all that we have. Amen? With all that we have. No matter what your calling is, that doesn't say that God asks 100% of me and 80% of you. No. He asks for 100% of all people to give what we got. That's what he asks of. There's going to be temptations to sins and false prophets and teachers. This is what, but people are going to do that. And God is going to call upon those people when it comes time. He's going to say, look what you did to this young one. Look what you did to that one young. Look what you, you misled these people. They went to hell because you taught them that there's other ways to heaven. Can you imagine what that's going to be like for those people? Oh, I would hate to be those. But this one says in 2 Peter 2, 1. But there will also be false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring the indestructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Who, who? I'd hate to be them. But this is what it says. This is what it says in Mark 9, 42. 
and I'd hate to be these people too, it says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Oh, folks, we best not mislead folk. We best do our, our best to lead people to Christ. I feel sorry for anyone who would mislead someone on purpose. I feel very sorry for them. Oh, you may got a grin now, but you won't when you stand for the Lord, when you are standing and burning in hell. Oh. And then there's the unforgivable sin. And people ask me this a lot. What's the unforgivable sin? What's the unforgivable sin? Oh, I've mentioned it before. What's the unforgivable sin? Because a lot of people want to deny that. They want to get, stay away from that. Oh, they want the, and some people do that because they want to do all the sins in the world except for the unforgivable sin. Lord, well, let me tell you something. If you have sinned and you haven't come to the Lord Jesus Christ, don't worry about the unforgivable sin. You've already done it. The unforgivable sin is denying the Holy Spirit. The unforgivable sin is denying the Holy Spirit, saying no to salvation when the Holy Spirit calls for you. That's, that's the uh, unforgivable sin. The unforgivable sin, it talks about it in Mark 3, 29 and 30. says, but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal condemnation. For they say he has an unclean spirit. These are the people who say no to the Holy Spirit. They say no to the time of salvation. They have hardened their heart and they say no, and they won't listen to the Lord God. But you have been saved, but you, you already have the Holy Spirit. You already have it. So you don't have to worry about that. 1 John 3, 24, Now the one who keeps his commandments reigns in him and he in him. And by this we know that he remains in us through the Spirit whom he has given us. You have the Holy Spirit. You have him. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. So you don't need to worry about that. If you've asked Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, and you're growing in the Lord, you already have the Holy Spirit. You can't be saved without having the Holy Spirit. So you need not to worry about that. Now, maybe today you have to ask yourself a question. Am I bad at math? Again, talk to my teachers. I was very bad at math. If it weren't for a calculator, I, I don't know what I would have done. But if you're bad at your biblical math, don't worry, the Holy Spirit's with you. The Holy Spirit can help you. The Word of God can help you. If you're bad at biblical math, worry not. The Lord will lead you. The Lord will help you every single day. But no, you cannot pick and choose sins. It's not okay to do that. You cannot estimate what is all right and what is not all right. The Holy Spirit will tell you that you have to follow the Lord God and follow his word. You now know that on the cross, all sins are equal for the lost. It's equal in the sense that everyone's going to go to hell if they don't have Jesus Christ. But you also know that in your life, when you have asked Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you're not to keep sinning. It's not because you're going to go to hell, but it's because your life is going to feel like it in the sense that you're going to have a lot of horrible payments. You say, but, but God's already forgiven me. He says that he's forgiven me. He has forgiven you, but he's already given me everlasting life. That's right. He has. However, however, just because he's forgiven you doesn't mean there's not payment here. There's payment here. It's just like Ted Bundy. Praise the Lord. He lived a horrible life, and that's awful. You all know what he did. Praise the Lord, before he died, he comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people say, that's not fair. Well, you're right. It's not fair that a sinner goes to heaven. 
you know what? It's not. It's not fair that anyone goes to heaven. Equally, it's not fair that I'm going to go to heaven. And I got something to tell you. It's not fair you're going to heaven. And, and pardon me for saying what I'm about to say, you should go to hell. I should go to hell. We should all go to hell equally. We should all go to hell. Can you believe what the pastor just told you? Yeah, because it's true. Equally, every single one of us deserve to go to hell. Now, I'm not saying you're, you've done anything like Ted Bundy did. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Ted Bundy did deserve to go to heaven. Neither did I. Neither do I. But I'm telling you right now that he is in heaven because of what Christ did for him. And one thing he did do when it came time for them to say, do you want to talk to the mayor or anyone else to try to get out of it? He said, no, I deserve what I'm getting. I deserve death. Why? Because he knew that he had it coming. He knew that it came time. He deserved what he was getting because he killed so many people. He knew that because he couldn't get out of the death on this earth because he knew that he was a murderer. And I'm sitting here trying to tell you that when we do stuff here on this earth, there is a payment on this earth. There is equal mathematics on this earth, and we do. We do add up to our own selves. So if you're living a sinful life, if you're living a sinful life, stop. You may be forgiven by Jesus Christ, and that's great. But quit thinking that you can get away with living sinfully, because you can't. If you really love the Lord Jesus Christ, show it by our actions. Show it by our living. Show it. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And remember this, Romans 2.11, God shows no partiality, no favoritism. He doesn't do more for me than he will for you. He's not going to do that. He shows no favoritism towards any of us. God loves you so much, and so do I. But God loves you so much that he died for us all. He looked at me, one who deserves to burn for eternity. One who deserves to burn for eternity because I was a liar and a sinner. And he says, I love him despite the fact that he deserves to burn for eternity. And he said the same about you and everyone else in this world. He said, I am going to save him. I am going to save him. I am going to erase what they have done if they will only ask, and I did. And so today I can tell you, one times zero is zero. And so I can tell you, even though there's times I have messed up here on earth, and I can't even tell you all the sins I've made mistakes for and paid for here, my eternal mathematics, zero. Zero. And I intend every single day to go to the Lord God in prayer and pray that he will help me to add no more here on this earth. And if I make those mistakes, I'm going to go to the person and ask them to forgive me for my mistakes. But as far as eternal mathematics, you're going to be okay. Just go to Jesus. He'll erase it for you. It's going to be all right. 1 John 5, 11 through 12 says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. It doesn't have to be that way anymore. Today, let your math change. Have zero sins. Have everlasting life. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father,
I pray right now for anyone who may be listening who does not have you as a personal Lord and Savior, let this change today. Let them ask you to be their Savior in their heart. If there's someone here right now, Lord God, who's thinking about mistakes they may have made, I pray today that they will give it unto you. I pray, Lord God, you'll show them what can be done to change their life. I pray, Lord God, that you will show them how much you love them. And yes, you forgive them. When they ask for forgiveness, you do forgive them. But Lord God, you can show them the steps that can be made in their life to make things so much better. And Lord God, that it's okay. It's all right. All we have to do is truly show the consequences and that we can step forward, Lord God, and change our every move. I pray this, Lord God. I pray, Lord, if there be anyone here today, Lord, who needs to make some changes, that today will be the day that they do. I pray this, Lord God, with your holy name. Amen.